What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. So Jalen Hurts gets a new weapon in A.J. Brown. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they also get new weapons with some rookie wide receivers uh, being drafted in the second round. How does that shake up the rankings? Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson loses Marquise Brown. Where did he fall to? He was, I believe, number two for both of you going into the draft. Is that correct? Uh-huh. No? no. Oh, sorry. I can do the wrong He was four for me, and he is falling down from there. He was four? All the way from four to five. To he is five. now five. Okay. Well, he's a faller. He was two for you, Jamie? Yeah, now he's four. Okay. I think he was two for Heath. Since Heath's not here, I'm just going to go ahead and confirm in my mind yes. that he was. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give you some cool stats. Here we go. Cool quarterback stats, or they're kind of wide receiver stats. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Surprised me. He was sixth in the NFL in yak per completion, yards after catch per completion. So he really benefited from yards after catch. He gets, though, the yak monster, A.J. Brown. In in three seasons, A.J. Brown, if you look at a minimum of 50 catches, he's been first, first. And last year was disappointing. He was 30th in yak per catch, yards after catch per catch. But two years in a row, he was number one. He has incredible big play potential. So that's one cool stat. Here's number two. Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown have combined for 55% of the touchdown catches since 2019 for Baltimore. So that's a big loss for Lamar Jackson just in terms of reliable. Or a big gain for Rashad Bateman. Or a big gain for Rashad Bateman, exactly. Uh, And then these last two stats, Aaron Rodgers, six games in 2019 and 2020 without Devontae Adams. He scored... 31 or more fantasy points in four of six games in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. 22 or more in five of six games, but he was a beast. And then the, you look at Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. The first five games of 2019, he was on pace for 6,225 yards and 37 touchdowns without an interception. <laughs> so those guys really excelled without their best weapons. Who needs receivers? Who needs I mean, them? What, what does the league know? Jalen Hurts needs Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll find out what all what that stuff means. What does the Titans think? What does that mean to you? Uh, anything there? Uh, you know, those quarterbacks are pretty damn good. Yeah, well, so let's. So you have not penalized Mahomes, really. He's number two. Well, Mahomes has gotten guys. Rodgers has just lost guys. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but yeah, I know. I mean, just, at least the Chiefs are like, okay, you know what? We'll we'll put some band aids here and there potentially, you know, to replace Tyreek Hill. The Packers are like, yeah. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. We got Lazard, right? We're good. They got Watson. They got Christian Watson. They got Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson. Oh, yeah. You know, that's okay. I'll I'll tell you what. If Sammy Watkins can can get back to Sammy Watkins' peak level, then sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is what I kind of tried to press you on yesterday, Jamie, when we recorded FFT and Five. You had Mahomes fourth and moving them up to second, right, after the draft? Fifth and moving them second. Fifth to second. Okay, I'll get it right one of these days. Nice. You didn't really move Rodgers with the addition of Watson. No, well, part of it was Jackson falling. Um, That's only one-third of the right, part. Right now, right now, I dropped Brady because I want to see when Chris Godwin's back. So I can't sit here and say, this guy's got this, and this guy's got that, and this guy, you know, I mean, until we know that Godwin's back. Plus, he doesn't have Gronk right now. So um, there's only so much Mike Evans and um, – Russell Gage and Brashad Perryman can can give him. So again, as I told you yesterday, I think like one through ten, you, or two through ten in my mind, because I think Josh Allen's on a different level than everybody right now. Um, two through two through ten, you can mix up and say this is the best fantasy quarterback, and I would sure <clears throat> I, I can see the points for it. Um, I do think though that as I told you yesterday, Rodgers losing Adams and not getting back anything of potential significance aside from Christian Watson right now, which is a rookie from a non-FBS school that we have to see him still produce. And the the second the second round receivers that the Packers have drafted have been awesome, but they haven't been awesome as rookies. And so, you know, Greg Jennings and uh, Jordy Nelson and um, Devontae Adams, there's one more missing um, in there. Randall Cobb. Uh, Randall Cobb, you know, uh, who's still there. Um, <laughs> you know, the, these... these these players have been great for Rodgers, but it's taken some time. And so, you know, I, I hope it happens quickly. I hope that Christian Watson steps in and, and can become a star. But I do think that even with the numbers that you gave in the small sample size of what he did without Aaron, without Devonta Adams, I still think he's the number one quarterback. But I think there's about 18 of those guys. And so he's near the bottom of that for me. And you don't include him in that group of... They could no, two, two to ten where they could finish them. Okay, no. Dave, so how about you? Did you also move up Mahomes but not Rodgers? Mahomes was always two for me because I figured that uh, the Chiefs would throw something at their passing game to try and make up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. And so they did what a fantasy manager would do when they only take like one wide receiver with their first nine picks and they look at their 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 roster and it's <laughs> round 10 and they go, oh, crap, I need some wide receivers. And they just start throwing darts at wide receivers. They got to find people. So they threw the dart at MVS. They've thrown the dart at Sky Moore. They're going to keep McCole Hardman. They're hoping that one of those three, or over the course of the season, each of those three have a chance to go in and play to a semblance of the level of the deep threat and maybe even the intermediate threat that Tyreek Hill gave them. And I kind of like Sky Moore the best of the group, to be honest with you. We've seen what we've seen from McCole Hardman. He's been inconsistent. MVS on Green Bay. It's hard to imagine they're going to turn on the light on MVS and he's going to be a better receiver in Kansas City. I think Sky Moore's got a chance to really contribute in that type of a role on top of being, uh, I I guess, like a slot type of player for Kansas City. Not that they're going to put him in the slot all the time because if they're doing that, that means Juju's playing outside. And I don't know if that's what their intention is with Juju. We're going to have to wait and see. But I think that there are enough targets to go around in that offense where Mahomes, worst case scenario, 
doesn't throw deep as often as he has in the past, but does get a lot of completions, does get a lot of first downs, continues to use his legs. They react. This is their reaction to the teams playing cover two against them and daring them to run. They're saying, well, we might still run, but now we can also throw shorter and intermediate passes to players who can make a play after the catch. That's something that I think Sky Moore can really benefit from. So I'm good with Patrick Mahomes at two. And the lack of respect for Samori Toure and Romeo Dubs in the Green Bay passing game on this podcast, I will not stand for it. Um, but the Packers might. I don't know how much they'll be able to contribute. I do like Dubs. We talked about that on Sunday show, Adam. But I, I, I think the Packers' philosophy is pretty clear. They, they've, got, they've got receivers who have some talent. Um, I listened to Matt LaFleur's press conference after the draft, and one of the things that he really likes about all of his receivers is that they're fast. He thinks all three will be quick learners. And in the case of Watson, they like his blocking skills. Maybe that's a little tip for where Green Bay intends to go if those receivers can't step up and be immediate impact players in Green Bay. And that's why I know we're talking quarterbacks, but that's why Aaron Jones made a jump in my rankings Mm -hmm. because now I figure they've got no choice but to lean on that run game, which is very, very good. Oh, and I think he's he's second on the team in targets every year to begin with. He might he might be first. No, I don't think he'll be first. Yeah, AJ Dillon could have a big year too. Yeah, but, but Aaron Jones, his pass catching potential could be uh, through the roof for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm look. I'm certainly not advocating for uh, Rodgers to be ranked where Mahomes is. Uh, but I, I'm going to ask you guys a little bit later why he's not even in your top twelve when he's won back to back MVPs, and you know. I, I don't know how I mean, I think you know what our answer is going to be. I know, but he's, he's so good. He's so good. And he's even if he had Devontae Adams, he's not going to throw for as many yards and he's not going to run for as many yards as Mahomes and, and all and, and all those guys. But his touchdown, remember, his touchdown interception remember, like, rate is always like through the roof. Say that again, Adam. His, I'm touch, sorry, his touchdown to interception rate is always through the roof. He's just quite simply a better quarterback and so many guys that are ranked ahead of him. I know this is a fantasy show, but it, but I, that's the case for him. The case for him is that he is oh, just awesome. the best. I mean, yes, like doesn't turn like it I over. Said, he's he's got the potential to still be a top five quarterback. I, I wouldn't put that against him. Um, but I just look at what this offense looks like right now and what the landscape is for the other quarterbacks around him. You know, it's hard to for me. You know, and and certainly I, I'm I, I'm I'm not going to expect anything less than a lot of criticism for the way I have it ranked. Uh, but to have Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins ahead of him. Um, I, I love the offense in, in Minnesota and what they're expected to do. I, I think you've heard me say that time and time again, you know, since Kevin O'Connell has been hired. And then Derek Carr, look, he's had very successful seasons, but he just hasn't had those peak numbers that we've been you know, hoping for. And I'm expecting now with his receiving core, getting Devontae Adams, that that's going to be the case, especially with a new coach and, the division that they're in, you know, I mean, this, this AFC West has a chance to just be so explosive. So I, I think there's just more upside with those two in particular than there is with Rogers. And, and look, Rogers has always been obviously one of the best quarterbacks in football, but you go back to the year before LaFleur got there and his numbers weren't great, you know? And so he still had a good touchdown interception ratio. He still threw for, you know, plenty of production. He just wasn't a top tier fantasy quarterback. And I can see that happening again, you know, where he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football, still has, you know, great production, still in the MVP race, but just doesn't put up the type of fantasy production that we look for. So he'll be probably closer to 12 than where I have him ranked. But I just think there's more upside with those other guys. I'm always going to look for a ceiling at that position. 
Yeah, those it was. I think it was the floor's first year and the year before that where Rodgers only threw 25, 26 touchdowns, and he was um, more like you know number nine quarterback. I don't know exactly what he was per game. He was, uh, I have it here, he was 14th per game one year. He was ninth per game one year. Uh, 12, and that was in four point six point. He was 11th and 12th per game in those two seasons. And that was See, I, I feel like that's down. the type of guy we're getting to see. Right. Right. All right. So uh, let's let's move on. We'll get back to the quarterbacks in just a bit. We do have some pretty big news today with Atlanta releasing Mike Davis, a report about just a little speculation on the Jets backfield and uh, some just some more stuff about some of the rookies coming in. But we've got a live mock draft tomorrow. That's Tuesday, May 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's on YouTube. If you want to watch it, it's live YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Tuesday, May 3rd at 1 p.m. Follow along with our picks. So it's going to be good. You'll be able to see the draft board. Uh, it'll be a, a good viewing experience. And if you can't catch it live at 1 p.m. on Tuesday, you can always catch it on demand at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Someone asked in the chat, have we announced? Uh, we also have um, on Wednesday at 4 p.m. on HQ a draft recap show um, that we'll be doing as well. So 4 p.m. Eastern CBS Sports HQ. Okay, great. Uh, someone also asked if we had announced the podcast league winners. And no... Because we have, I think, three... We have a three-way tie. Oh, we had another guy win the contest over the weekend, too. What contest? The one that I tweeted out. Oh, what, the Mr. Irrelevant thing? Yeah, you got fake, it right. Fake contest. No, he gets a spot in the Listener League. He does not get a spot. You already gave away the spot in the Listener League. He doesn't get anything. <laughs> no, no, no. The spot, in the, list, no, the spot I gave away is in this league. It's not happening. Sorry to, to Mr. Purdy. I'll, 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 wow. I'll, I'll use the bet I won. To give that guy the spot. I'm going to determine which spots you give and which spots well, you don't. No, you, Adam, ruling with an iron fist. You won the bet, and we already decided who the person who was getting the no, spot no, 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 was. No, 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 we didn't. Yes, we did. I no, did. I get one in the listener league and then one in the other one. <laughs> no, you, that's not how it's never how it worked. Well, I got to, so you're good. Well, we're trying to figure out a way to break the three-way tie. So when we figure that out, I'll let you know who's in the listeners league. But uh, the bet, the the most correct answers was seven. Three people got seven of the ten picks correct. Well done. News and notes: Connor Hughes of the Athletic thinks the Jets could use Brees Hall and Michael Carter as a one-two punch. Dave, buy it. Sell yeah, it. that's going to be what happens. I know that no one wants to hear that, and you'd think that. Trading up for Brees Hall means, oh, they're going to be all in on Brees Hall. And that's a possibility. But the 49ers coaching staff came from San Francisco. They think like the 49ers think. They like to use multiple running backs. The case against it is that the Jets last year, 2021, four games where one running back had at least 15 carries. Three of them were by Carter. Six games where at least one running back had 15 or more touches. That includes, obviously, the receptions. Four by Carter, two by Tevin Coleman. You could easily say that Brees Hall is better than all of these running backs and that he could go in and command more touches. So I went back to 2020 when these coaches in New York were with the 49ers, so they saw how the run game worked. How many games with 15-plus carries for the 49ers in 2020? There were eight. Four of them by uh, Jeff Wilson, three by Moser, one by McKinnon. There were 14 games, and some there were some games where the running backs both had 15 touches. 14 games where a running back had at least 15 touches. So if you put the number at 15 touches for Brees Hall, I feel pretty good about that. I think he can get you 15 touches on an almost weekly basis. Um, and I started digging some numbers into Zach Wilson and how often he threw to running backs. I'll lay it out Not here right all. now. <laughs> well, last year, 
5.4 targets per game to running backs that ranked 22nd. Ugh. 2020 in college, 4.3 targets per game to running backs. 2019, 3.4 targets to running backs per game. Ugh. So at least he's he's making a step forward each year, but it's got to be hammered into his head. You got to lean on Brees Hall and Carter in the passing game. Look at what Carter did last year. Implement that in the game. And the Jets offense should be even better for it if they do that. Then Brees Hall will be a like a, an amazing player in PPR. He'll get a bunch of catches. But Wilson has to come through from that, and he can't just chuck it downfield. Remember, they also got Garrett Wilson, so they're going to be interested in getting him involved in the offense. It's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot once training camp gets into high gear in August. How many of those 49ers running backs were high draft picks? Well, I mean, the 49ers running backs have almost never been high draft picks. Right, so this commitment is obviously much different than what the 49ers did during the time that this coaching staff was there. And so, you know, you also have to wonder the floor comes from Shanahan's system, but does he also incorporate maybe something of what his brother did? You know, now that they have maybe a little bit of a different player back there, um, high second round pick versus the fourth round pick, you know, the commitment to Brees Hall, a little bit different than the commitment to Michael Carter. Uh, you wonder how much Carter's playing time just gets completely just chopped down to, I hope nothing, but hope not nothing, but could be nothing. I mean, you know, it could just be extremely minimal. Um, Brees Hall landed in the prettiest spot, you know, so we'll see what happens. Not the, not the most ideal spot, but, you know, this offensive line is trending in the right direction. This offense obviously training in the right direction. If Zach Wilson's good. They're going to score a lot of points. Uh, it's a big if, but, you know. Ooh, I hope so. See them get there. So I'd say, I'd say my reaction to what you just said, Jamie, is if, if Mike LaFleur is going to go off of what Matt LaFleur did, Matt LaFleur drafted A.J. Dillon with a second-round pick two years ago. And Dylan has been the clear number two, uh, the occasional one B late last year to Aaron Jones, who was a fifth round. Yeah, but they didn't have an established guy like this, like Aaron I, Jones. I, can we I, look? Let me just throw this out there. I think we overthink it with this coaching philosophy stuff. It's about players. We went through this sure. whole exercise with the Eagles. Doug Peterson doesn't want a number one running back. No, when he actually had a number one running back, he used the guy like that. Look at, very look at Elijah Mitchell's carries. Elijah Mitchell had like five games of more than twenty carries. He had. I mean, he was a, he was sure. an absolute workhorse. And look at what they did with Raheem Mostert before Mostert got hurt in 2020. I think it was clear that they were using him as, they always want as a guy. the one. 100%. So, so I think if Brees Hall is good enough, he'll do it. And if and if you look at round two running backs, I've gone back like six, seven years and looked at all the running backs drafted in round two. Most of them don't start out of the gate getting big work, but a lot of them do early in the season, like Joe Mixon, I think it was like week three it started. So so if he's good enough to just win that job, I think he will. But Michael Carter's not bad. I, Michael Carter had a really, really good season. The advanced metrics are great on Michael Carter. He's an accomplished running back coming out of college. And that's the, that's the problem here. That, he doesn't have to just beat out some old veteran. <laughs> he has to beat out a, a good player. But... I don't. I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I'm not so into the personally. I, it's just a philosophy thing. I'm not so into the. This guy came from this team. So no, the no, no, I'm with you. I'm different. with you. I was just it's you know like, giving a counter to what league. they said. You know that yeah. it's it's not necessarily tried and true. I, I'm with you. I, I think it's more. You know, when they have guys, they use guys. And I think you feel that way too, Dave. When they have guys, they use guys. Yeah, of course I do. But Brees Hall has to prove it first. Yes, exactly. That's why I said we need but to wait. But training it's training camp in August to see. We see situations like this when, when they drafted. AJ Dillon at the time, Aaron Jones was was still, I believe, didn't sign his contract yet, and then signed the contract extension and training camp uh, that same year. So you know, who knows that they were considering moving on at that point from the Packers. But in in any event, um, 
they they're telling us something about Michael Carter. You know, I mean, that, yes, that's true. For, for a guy that that, as you said, Adam played well last year. You know, maybe they don't feel like he's the the workhorse that no. they want or, or the type of guy that they want. And so, um, yeah, you know, you asked this question. I think of uh, of of me and Heath. When when does he get fifteen carries? Uh, I'd be surprised if it's not week one. And and the Joe Mixon comparison um, from a draft capital standpoint, if Mixon didn't have the off field stuff in college, he would have been a first round pick. And Brees Hall, the Jets said they wanted to trade back in the first round to get him. You know, so th- these are first round caliber players. Right. Worst case scenario would be the Broncos last year where Melvin Gordon was just too good to lose playing time, you know? Uh, so it, honestly, it might be more yep, about. That's Michael also Carter. an example of a coaching staff instilling their their philosophy because Javante was good and Melvin was good. And they they stuck to what they said before the season all year long. And we we even said on this podcast, oh, they're saying right now it's going to be 50-50, but Javante will eventually step up and he'll be the 60-40 guy or even better than that. And he never really did. And all season long, and the, the end of year numbers tell us that. It was exactly 50-50. That's coaching philosophy. And so while I agree that if Breesall proves it, he's going to be the runaway guy in this offense and he's going to be worth the third round pick that it'll take to get him in fantasy. But He's got to prove it first, and the coaching staff is still going to use Michael Carter to some degree. That's the idea of the one-two punch. Yeah, and it wasn't just Connor Hughes that said that; it was it was all over New York media. So it's out there that they're going to use multiple guys. I just think that Brees Hall is going to have the high value touches ahead of Michael Carter. Think about who you use in short yardage. Think about who's going to plan passing downs. I know Carter can do those things. We saw it in college. We saw it last year. Hall's going to be the one, as long as he's healthy, is he's going to have those roles. So it's easy to take him way ahead of Carter. And I also think he's going to have plenty of value for fantasy. It's just, it's just how is is the philosophy of him being in a one-two punch capping his upside of being a uh top 12 running back on a PPR per game basis? That's the real question. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Also, Scott Fish with a comment. Scott Fish, Scott. Is, Scott Fish is joining us for the uh, live mock draft <laughs> on Tuesday. I want to thank Jamie for letting me give three listener league spots away to some buddies. Appreciate you, Jamie. I wasn't aware of this. I must have lost three more bets without even I think knowing. what we're heading toward is Jamie having his own league. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then That's Jamie the can give away 16 spots or whatever, and he's going to have this league with everybody, you know, the, the chosen ones league. Uh, all right, so the Falcons released Mike Davis who did have 138 carries last year. First five games of the year, he had 15, 9, 12, 13, and 13 carries. And then I think they just said, I think we're not going to use you as much, guy. And he only had double-digit carries one more time rest of season. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jamie, what does this mean from a fantasy standpoint for the Falcons? And Tyler Algier. Did I get that right? I'm like going off the top of my yeah. head here, forgetting all the rookies. Algier. Yeah. Tyler Algier at a BYU going to the Falcons. And, of course, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull somebody else off scrap heap somewhere, um, you know, before we get to uh, training camp or even the start of training camp when somebody's released. Uh, look, it's great for Cordero Patterson. You know, he he was their guy last year and and hopefully can hold up for a full season. It's obviously great for you know, Tyler Algier to step into a situation where there's there's available touches and, and carries. And so, you know, we'll see what this depth chart looks like before the, uh, the start of the season. But, um, I mean, Mike Davis to me was kind of an afterthought to begin with, so. I don't know how much exactly is going to change from a when you're drafting Patterson or when you're drafting Algier. All right. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow during our mock draft. The Bears released Nick Foles. Saints expected a sign safety to Ron Matthew. Saints actually lost two safeties in free agency, so they could use the help there. 
The Eagles expect rookie linebacker Nicobe Dean to be a full participant for OTAs. That's a big deal because this is a guy who has first round talent, had an injury, one of those, play, you know, a lot of injuries. If you don't like the Eagles, I can tell you from experience, you were not happy when they drafted Nicobe Dean in the third round. It just feels like could. I thought you're an Eagles team. fan. Though. It depends. We'll see. We'll see. Right no, now, because Devontae Smith isn't the number one anymore, so Adam is giving him up. <laughs> right now, I'm a Giants fan, but things will change a lot uh, month by month. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Kenny Pickett could start week one for the Steelers. Tyler Smith was the Cowboys' first-round draft pick. Looks like he's going to play left guard for them this year. And James White, unlikely to participate in OTAs. He had the hip injury last year, still not healthy. It's okay. They drafted five other running backs. <laughs> Who's their pass-catching running back right now? James White. He's uh, he's hurt. Who who goes into OTAs as their pass catching running back? I'm sure they'll work on the young kids. You know, probably Pierre Strong maybe gets an opportunity there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Stevenson too. All right. Let's yeah. It's worth noting. All right. We got to get to the quarterbacks here. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts. Very different in the rankings for each analyst. We're going to do that right after a quick break on fantasy football today. We'll also uh, during the commercial break we'll be giving away a spot in the podcast league. Just ask Jamie. Oh, we, we'll be right back on FFT. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, folks. All right, I'm going to look at the rankings page. Three more spots. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's updated. For Dave, it is. Jalen Hurts is 13. For Heath, he's fourth. And for Jamie, where'd you settle on Jalen Hurts? Nine. So, fake Heath, why'd you have him fourth? Um, the only thing I can really do with Heath, if I'm going to impersonate him, is say yes and sigh. So uh, he said so on uh, on Saturday night. Go back and listen. I know, I know. I just wanted Dave to do his impression. All right, Dave, come on. Thirteenth, thirteenth. I I like a lot of other quarterbacks better. Uh, Jamie talked about. I almost said Adam talked about it. We don't want to hear Adam talk about it. Jamie talked about it earlier. <laughs> uh, two through ten. Plenty of quarterbacks with tons of upside. I think there's still downside to Hurts as a passer. Giving him A.J. Brown is outstanding. That'll help. Does it completely change Philadelphia's philosophy? I don't know about completely. It changes it a little bit for sure. They'll throw more this year. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing in the world for Hurts unless he really works out this offseason to uh, improve his accuracy and his decision-making and all that good stuff. And that means also if they're throwing more, they're running a little less. That means Hurts doesn't run as much. So I'm I'm kind of safeguarding against that. I'd rather have Derek Carr. It's an incredibly deep position, just incredibly deep, and all the more reason to wait, wait, wait. I know, but don't, but, tell, your, don't tell your nerdy friends uh, who always take quarterbacks early. Let them take quarterbacks early. I know. What I'm saying it's it's deep, but uh, you know you do run out of guys that have have league winning potential, and Jalen Hurts is potentially a thousand yard rusher. You know, so Jamie, I, I I think you could say that nine is lower lower than I expected, maybe for Jalen Hurts, who, like I said, yeah. for seven games and, he was and that, third and that, four point and six in passing in six point. That's factoring in Deshaun Watson ahead of him right now. So um a suspension for Watson will move him up one spot. Um, you know, you 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 mentioned I think the first uh part of the season, right? Or did you say that the other night? 
Yeah, I just I was just saying it now. First seven games, he was per game third in four point and sixth in six point. Yeah, twenty six point four fantasy points per game in those first seven games, and you know he at in one, two, three, four, five of those he had thirty four more pass attempts. So while his pass attempts were up, his rushing was still up. So uh, Dave, your point about him rushing less, he still ran to the same amount or at least had the same success running the ball. Um, uh, in those games, I think it was, uh, 30 or more rushing yards in, in almost all of them. Um, and, and multiple touchdowns in several of them. So he, he was still a very good runner, uh, while he was throwing a lot. I, I think, you know, you just look at what the upside is. You said it out and he's got league winning upside. And so, you know, this is a position where if, if you get a guy that, that can throw for 4,000 and run for a thousand, we know what that could be. And I think he's got that type of potential in this offense. So, um, yes, we have to see them change their philosophy. What, what they did to close the season last year was, was amazing for them. You know, the way that they ran the ball and the success that they had running the ball and not necessarily putting the pressure on um, of Jalen Hurts. But, you know, this, has, this offense has one of the best trios potentially in football when you factor in Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and, and Devontae Smith. And so with the guys that will catch the ball in the backfield, you know, I think they'll involve Miles Sanders and, and Kenneth Gainwell. They haven't done anything to enhance their backfield, at least as of now. You know, Jordan Howard's not back. Uh, for a guy that was successful for them last year, you know, so um, I, I think this they're, they're kind of again, they're telling us the direction that they're heading, you know, the, the aggressiveness to go get a guy like um, AJ Brown. And uh, for what it's worth, Jalen Rager still on the roster, even though he scrubbed his social media like most of these guys. He's not going to be. He'll be gone. Um, but even if, I mean, even if he's gone, it's not, not a big difference whatsoever. Of you know, so this is uh, this is this guy offense has a chance to be, you know, much more explosive. And and A.J. Brown, like you said, Adam, his uh, his yards after catch paired with Jalen Hurts. And these guys have a great relationship, uh, according to everything you've seen, you know, should be uh, should be fun to see. So um, I think Jalen Hurts has uh, I'm with Heath top five potential. I can't draft him as top five quarterback, but he's got top 10 potential. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting him hopefully at a bargain still. If you draft Jalen Hurts, do you feel like he, sh- he could be your only quarterback or would you draft a, a backup? I think many if you know your back. league and you and you everybody in your league takes backups, then you might want to take one just to have one to start the season. But with five bench spots, there's no chance I'm taking a, a backup yeah. Because I know right. Heath would want there's somebody that you can stash. Like if someone gets hurt along the way and you can draft him and stash him on your IR. I know Heath wouldn't want to hear this, but I'm still not 100% sold that the Eagles are 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. He's the only quarterback in the top 12 in the rankings or top 13 who I could see getting benched. I don't think it's going to happen. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. They have a good backup in Minshew, and they like he's the only one where the the GM had to come out and say he's our guy, right? There have been questions. I think Dave, you were kind of alluding to that. He's not the best passer. There have been questions about their commitment to Jalen Hurts. So I guess I just wonder from I, that perspective if you think that you know, that's not a huge reason why I've got him ranked outside of my top twelve. And I, I just I I think. Th- you brought up the idea of top five upside. Name a quarterback that I've got ranked ahead of him that doesn't have top five upside. Now, if he had top one upside, if we could make that case, you think he can throw for over 4,000 yards and run for over 1,000 yards and also combine for 35 touchdowns? Well, that's a guy that's going to be number one. That's exactly what he did in the first seven games. That was his pace over the first seven games? Oh, no, no, no. His pace was, was close. 4,100 yards or almost 4,200. Okay, that's good. 877 rushing yards. That's close. 36 touchdowns. Okay. That makes me pause. Yeah, but that's, like but he that. only did it for seven games and they weren't that good in those seven games. I think they were two. Right. And five. But if they, so if the coach, we, we already said that we know the coaching philosophy has to shift back the other way. 
they're not going to trade for A.J. Brown and give A.J. Brown $100 million and then have him be a blocker right. for 40 plays a game. Okay, there might be a game along the way where that happens. But for the most part, they're going to have to alter their philosophy. What's that? That happened for him in Tennessee. It did, but this is Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia, it, I think they got A.J. Brown not to be a blocker and not to scare defenses to run the football. They could have drafted somebody with that pick if they really wanted to do that. I, I, I think that philosophy is going to change. It does shift back to the idea of what they did in those first seven games. That makes me pause a little bit. That makes me a little more excited about Jalen Hurts. And maybe I do have him ranked too low. Maybe I should have him ahead of Derek Carr and Joe Burrow and um, who else, like Russell Wilson, guys like that. But all these quarterbacks are going to be so great that I don't think I'm really going to be that heartbroken if I miss out on Jalen Hurts, if the if the alternative is one of the guys that I just named, or even somebody like Matthew Stafford. Um, and I certainly don't agree necessarily with drafting him as the fourth quarterback off the board because then I feel like you're drafting him way too close to that ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll change the ranking. Sometimes Heath goes against projections. Maybe he has Hertz projected fourth, but we'll we'll have to ask Heath. All right, let's go to our next rankings dispute here. I don't really know. You guys, your rankings are pretty similar, quite honestly. I was going to talk about Mahomes, but we kind of already did. But I guess uh, if you have him ahead of Justin Herbert, they had very, very similar numbers last year. They had, basically, you look at the the pass attempts, the total fantasy points based on yards, because Herbert had more passing yards, but Mahomes had more rushing yards. They look at the touchdown, very similar, and they were separated by about a point per game, but Herbert was better. Uh, why, Jamie, did you move Mahomes ahead of Herbert? That's really the only one we didn't cover, because I know why you moved him ahead of Brady. You want to see what happens with Godwin and the health, and I know why you moved him ahead of Lamar Jackson with the Marquise Brown trade. But why did you move Patrick Mahomes ahead of Justin Herbert after the NFL draft? Just with the chance of more upside. You know, I, I don't know if Herbert's reached his ceiling, but he might have. And, and we certainly have seen what Mahomes' ceiling is. So, uh, again, they're, they're, they're going to be in my top 200 back-to-back. You know, so uh, no, 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 real, um, no real edge one over the other. But I guess historically. Um, I also think a motivated Mahomes is, is a little bit scarier than a motivated Herbert, no offense. Uh, and so, you know, not not reaching the pinnacle of where they've been the last couple of years as a team, I think will get him a little bit back refocused, you know, plus the new challenge of can you succeed without Tyreek on the field? Mm-hmm. So I, I just like Mahomes slightly better after seeing how everything shook out. And I was, I was prepared to move Herbert ahead of Mahomes if Herbert and the Chargers, it wasn't Herbert and the Chargers, if it, the Chargers drafted another wide receiver with a day one or day two pick. They didn't do it. In fact, they drafted two running backs and two offensive linemen over the course of the three days. So they're obviously very comfortable with what they have as far as pass catchers go. That's great for Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, Josh Palmer is back in the sleeper conversation. Took a little hiatus for me uh, in our drafts before the NFL draft because I thought the Chargers had a chance to add somebody. Uh, And they did technically add somebody. They brought in Gerald Everett, and that's someone who can make a little bit of a difference at tight end. But I, I just, I feel like you don't have to reach for Herbert over Mahomes on draft day. I still think Mahomes has enough like power to his name, and, and certainly a little bit more upside in everybody's mind that they'll take him ahead of Herbert. So I don't have to rank Herbert ahead of Mahomes because I don't think it's a slam dunk that he'll get more fantasy points than Mahomes. He could do it if both of those guys are available at a certain point in the draft where I want to take a quarterback. I'm taking Mahomes, but I also love, love, love the idea of 
passing on Mahomes or any quarterback at that specific spot, call it round three, round four, round five, and then hoping that Herbert makes it back to me with my next pick. All right, let's talk about Lamar Jackson here. And I guess my question would be, he's he's fourth for Jamie, he's fifth for Dave. Losing Marquise Brown is clearly his best deep threat. Why not lower? Why not lower for Lamar Jackson? You'd be moving him behind Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson pending the suspension. Dave, you'd be moving him behind Tom Brady. This is a six-point-per-passing touchdown league. I think there's there's clearly a case for him to be uh, number two in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league. But in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, Dave, can you hear me? I know we're having some issues. You got me? I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, you know, I, I hear you fine. You don't hear me? Yes, I do. Okay, so Dave, why not even lower? Uh, why is Lamar Jackson still in your top five after losing Marquise Brown? No. <laughs> mm. I'm going to get Dave out of the room. And we'll see if we can reestablish the connection. Jamie, why is he still number four for you? Uh, just the potential of him as a rusher. And I think Rashad Bateman's going to be a, a suitable Marquise Brown replacement. I mean, look, they haven't really had a ton of production from a third guy to help you know, push Lamar Jackson over the edge. And I think they'll find that guy, uh, whether it's somebody on the roster ready, whoever they bring in. So I'm not worried about that. I think Bateman will be suitable in Marquise Brown's role. And, um, you know, it's all about what he does as a runner. You know, that's, that's what's make, what, that is what makes him the elite fantasy quarterback that he is. So uh, we'll see. You know, again, Brady gets Godwin back come week one. He may move ahead of him. Um, you know, I might decide to put Russell Wilson ahead of him because I'm excited about this Broncos offense. So he may slide a few spots before we get to August. But as of right now, I think number four is a safe spot for him. Lamar Jackson, really two years in a row, he's been about eighth or ninth per game. Uh, in 2020, he was eighth in four point and tenth in six point. And then in 2021, he was eighth in four point and actually 12th in six point per passing touchdown leagues. However, you really do have to azer statted here. You have to take away week 14. He threw four passes in that game. If you take away week 14... Lamar Jackson was top five per game. Fourth in four-point per passing touchdown leagues. Fifth in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. And that was with a very low touchdown rate and only two rushing touchdowns. Just a weird year for him. Let's see if Dave can hear me. Dave, it was. can you hear me, Dave? Yeah, of course I can hear you. Eh, not really, though, because it's like delayed a little bit. But um, it was a weird year for Lamar Jackson. You know what? I think the best thing to do is just move on to another one here. Let's... Finish up on Aaron Rodgers. Jamie, what do you think? Should we talk Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray? I think we talked Aaron Rodgers enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so then let's, let's finish with Kyler Murray. I'll, I'll throw it to Dave first. Uh, Dave, where did you end up with Kyler Murray as he gets Marquise Brown? I ultimately think that getting Marquise Brown is, is very good for Kyler Murray. He's fourth for me in my rankings. He's behind Herbert, ahead of Lamar Jackson, and I'm comfortable taking him. I'd prefer round six, but I know that I'm probably going to have to reach into late round five to get somebody like Kyler Murray. So on top of his ability to run in the red zone, on top of having DeAndre Hopkins as his number one red zone target, he brings in Marquise Brown. And while I'm still not totally comfortable with Marquise Brown as a top, uh, like a number two option in fantasy at wide receiver, I do recognize that he's there to catch deep passes. And one of the things that I plan on diving into is how much better of a situation is it for Marquise Brown to come through on those deep targets in Arizona from Kyler Murray compared to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. And in the wake of, of the trade happening, 
all I could think about was how that Arizona offense, it's just short passes, dinking and dunking. But last year, they really tried to let Kyler Murray throw it out a lot more. There were four wide receivers on the Cardinals who had uh, 20-plus yard targets on at least 20% of their overall target numbers. So 20% of all the targets they got were deep throws. Kyler was top five in, I believe he was top five in both Attempts, 20-plus yards downfield, percentage of attempts, 20-plus yards downfield, and definitely top five in adjusted completion rate, 20-plus yards downfield. He was over 50%. Oh, man. All right, well, there goes Dave again. We had Dave for over 50% of that answer, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there he is. There he is. Dave's back. Hi. So, in summary, (laughs) I think that Cliff Kingsbury probably saves his job. Michael Bidwell earns more billions of dollars with the Cardinals and the state of Arizona shines. Okay. <laughs> they don't, they don't want a playoff game. Cliff Kingsbury not surviving. I know. I know. I'm just being goofy because you couldn't hear half of my stupid answer, but I ultimately it's, it's good. And the Cardinals are telling you what they want to keep doing with their offense. And that's chucking it. Okay. Uh, yeah. State of Arizona. Good for them. I don't know how the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing. I don't think, I don't think well. Uh, Amazing how much I, for one, don't even know what the Arizona Diamondbacks are. I know it's really a, a shame. I've just turned my back on on the sport. Jamie, anything you want to add? And I, I would like to give a shout out, by the way, to my Florida Panthers. Okay, getting ready. <laughs> I am fully on the bandwagon. Cannot wait for the game tomorrow. Uh, number one seed. I think they won the President's Trophy. Is that yes. what? Yeah, the President's Trophy, which means they are the president of hockey now. And they had the most points in nice. the league. Yeah, yeah. Can so. you name a player on the Florida Panthers hockey team? I can name Huberdo, Barkov, and Bobrovsky, and other. You're making I, names up. No, You're making those aren't real names. They could be. Uh, and when I watch them, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. I know that guy. I think they still have uh, John Van Beesbrook and Ed Jovanowski and Pavel Bure. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still throw rats on the? On the <laughs> I hope so. I hope they bring that back. I w- you know, I was a huge fan. You would not believe that, but I was an absolute diehard fan in high. Well, school. you were a kid then. You were like five. No, I was in high school. Uh, for for the Pavel Bure era, I was I was in high school. I was a huge fan. So then I stopped watching, and I I can only name three players. But uh, I, I can name I can name three Panthers. I can name three Panthers. More. Anderson McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, anything you want to add about Kyler Murray? I mean, the only thing is, is he going to show up? You know, I, 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 I obviously look at what they did. This draft is clearly to appease him. I mean, you know, to, to get Marquise Brown and to go draft Trey McBride, you know, they certainly said we're going to give you weapons because he was unhappy about all these other guys getting, you know, all these other quarterbacks getting weapons and he didn't get anything added. He lost one in Christian Kirk. Um, so clearly he has the potential to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Um, but I just wonder how much this contract situation is going to be a problem once we get to training camp and even beyond, you know, so it would not surprise me if he's a holdout. I know he said all the right things so far, at least publicly, uh, privately to people that are reporting that. Um, but I'm still concerned because this, this feels like it could still become a problem. By the way, I have a comment here. I'd like to read in YouTube. It is from Donovan. He said, I've been trying to keep the like button hype Alive or uh, the like button hype train alive. Off season likes are sixty seven percent more valuable than regular season likes. I got that stat from Azer. <laughs> oh, Donovan, wow. you get a spot in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
And you have two kids, I see. They both get a spot in the podcast league. How about that? There's the three that we were going to give out. Yes, please go. hit the like button. It, it is it is helpful for us. I've got a few notes on NFL draft classes. Go ahead. Is that Dave or Jamie? Who's getting in there? Uh, that was me. I was just going to say there's going to be more people in Jamie's podcast league than there are in the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, I just I looked at some of the draft classes and nobody remembers every pick that every team made. But a little summary here. Arizona drafted three edge rushers, including two in round three. They're definitely going to need some help there. Atlanta yep. drafted edge rushers, edge rushers in rounds two and three. The Bears defensive They back. definitely need help. They only had 18 sacks last year. Yikes. Uh, the Bears drafted two defensive backs in round two. They definitely need yeah. help there. Definitely. The Bengals went defensive back heavy. They drafted a safety in round one and a, a cornerback in round two. Uh, five of their six picks actually were on defense for the Bengals. Right. The, they went so heavy on offensive line in free agency that they didn't want to address it in the draft. They didn't need to. Right. Uh, Detroit. So obviously, you know, they drafted Aiden Hutchinson. You probably remember they drafted Jamison Williams, but then they got another edge rusher early in round two, Josh Pascal. So they really could have a much improved pass rush in 2021. We'll see how Detroit is. They're building a nice team. Really are. They really are. I don't know how nice they are. They like to bite people's knees and whatnot. But. That's just the coach. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be way more competitive. I think they have an outside shot of winning eight games this year. So they're going to cause trouble for a lot of other teams. The quarterback situation, I think it's interesting that they didn't address it in the draft and that they're okay going this year with golf. Houston, the Houston Texans, five of their first six picks were SEC players and each of the, well, all of their picks in the first four rounds, SEC. Dave, you were wondering how to pronounce the Miami Dolphins wide receiver's name. Eric? Yes, Eric E. Eric Ezukama. Eric Ezukama is how we pronounce it. Eric Ezukama. The Vikings did kind of what the Bengals did. They took defensive backs with their first two picks, and they were 32nd and 42nd overall. Safety, Lewis Seen, and cornerback, Andrew Booth. Um, and also, Chris Trapasso said that fifth-round running back Ty Chandler out of UNC will, quote, rock in Kevin O'Connell's system. All right, cool. Oh, I don't think he's wrong. It's just the problem of when does he get the opportunity to do that? Yeah, too many. Does he push, does he push Madison into a smaller role or, or make it where Madison shares with Chandler? He's an older rookie, and he didn't break out till his fifth year, but he's, he's a real patient runner, good breakaway speed, good hands out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. And um, now back to my joke, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Thank you. And Pittsburgh, huge news we didn't get to. Pittsburgh, so they're Pittsburgh, but they're each of their first two picks. If you look at their last names, they start with the word pick. I couldn't believe it. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, first two picks for Pittsburgh. And now Good they have. Good thing they start with a P and not a D. <laughs> now they have four pairs of brothers on their teams as they drafted another Hayward. All right. Time for emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Bradley. Dynasty League, A.J. Brown or T. Higgins? And what else is needed to balance the trade? That's straight up? Yeah. What do you like better in Dynasty? Brown. It's Brown. You might be able to get away with Higgins plus a second round pick in 2023 for Brown. Okay, that's pretty close, right? I think it is. This is from Dave in Flint. 
I yeah, Dave. Pick 1.1 in my dynasty league. I need a wide receiver. And I have Kyle Pitts. Do I grab Drake London and go with two Falcons? Or Jamison? Well, you know, he's got 1.1. He can take anybody. So would you take Drake London if you already have Kyle Pitts? I would trade down. Yes. I think somebody's going to want to take Brees Hall first. Um, so if you can try and maybe slide down to three, um, certainly two, then you can maybe get some additional pick or additional player somewhere. But yeah, Drake London's my favorite one. All right. From Matt, Dear, Dwayne, Terrell, Braxton, Justin, and JT. Buckeyes. Buckeyes, yeah. 12-team, two-quarterback PPR league, uh, startup dynasty. Quarterbacks get .25 per completion and minus .25 for an incompletion. I have pick 112 and 201 and no third-round reversal. So how much or should I value the quarterbacks in this draft? It's a startup dynasty league. I think they're going to run off the board quickly. I'm leading towards one quarterback and best player available with my first two picks, but is that risking too much to hope that a quality quarterback falls to me at 312? And uh, again, this is a startup dynasty. This is not a rookie draft. So what are you thinking there in a 2QB league, uh, Jamie? I think that's a safe way to go. You know, just depend. When, when does he draft? Does he know? When does they draft? He has 112 and 2-1. So back-to-back at the end of round one. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to miss out on probably the top three or four quarterbacks, but you should get one of the top eight, I would think, um, and the back end of round one or pick two on. Uh, so I would probably go quarterback, best available players. Not not bad. I also wouldn't be shy about quarterback, quarterback if there's two that you really like there, especially if that, especially if they're younger. I, I don't know if I'd feel good about it if you're drafting uh, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, let's say something like that. I'd probably take just one of those guys and then try and hope for one of the younger quarterbacks in round three, four. Yeah, I think you're going to be... two young guys slip, man. I would jump on that. I think you're going to be pretty shocked at how good the round three, four picks are, the players available at running back and wide receiver. So true. if you wanted to go quarterback... But quarterback, which young guys are you saying, though, Dave? Because, you know, once you get past... Like, the young guys are obviously going to be Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa. You're not taking them in the first round. No chance. I'm... Fielder Trey Lance in the first round. You're hoping that Kyler, Lamar... Yeah, no. uh, They make it there. And they might not, but if they're both there, or if by some miracle Justin Herbert's there, oh my goodness. Starting with Justin, Justin Herbert's Herbert, there, Kyler that's, Murray. A, that's the easiest no-brainer in history. Of course it is, but I just want to make sure that that's spoken. What's right. probably more likely is that all five of the young quarterbacks, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Murray, Jackson, are all gone. So then what's left? Do you actually spend one of those picks on Deshaun? Not knowing what his future is no. going to be like, that could be dicey, but Burrow could be in that mix. Get yeah. him for the rest of his career. That sounds pretty good to me. All right, let's go to Niall from Connecticut. Dear Jesse, Anna, M-I-D-R-E. I don't know how to pronounce that. Midray? And King. Who are they? Jesse, Anna, Midray, and King. <laughs> uh, this is... Yeah, I have no idea. Something religious, though. Uh, 14 team single quarterback PPR league, three wide receivers, and two flex dynasty. I have 101, 104, 202, and 306 in the rookie draft. Good haul. I'm not going to read the roster here, but not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I no, have... I think it's okay for this year. Eh. Two of the top four picks this year, eh. including the 01. 
I have an offer on the table giving up 101 and getting 103, 109, and Melvin Gordon. So he's going to take Brees Hall and Zach Wilson. He's or got Garrett he's, Wilson. He's, yeah, it's Garrett Wilson. He's, he's a big Jets fan. He has 102 and 103. So, so he'd be trading to a team and giving him the first two picks. He's going to take both Jets, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And then instead of having 101, he'll have uh, the, the person emailing us, Niall. So we'll have 103 and 109 and Melvin Gordon. What do you think? He'll also have 104 because he one, keeps that. Four, yeah. If you're dealing with a Jets fan, he's dying to get that 101. You should try and squeeze him for more than 103, 109, and Melvin Gordon. You can tell him to keep Melvin Gordon. What good's he going to do other than, you know, spot starter for this year, probably only? It's a 14 team league. It's, you know, there's some value there. He carries value, but it's not going to be long term value. And he can absolutely throw it back in his face saying that this doesn't do anything for the trade. Maybe he should try and get a first next year too and just really try and fleece him for right, Brees but, Hall. But what if he can't? What if this is the deal? Would you give up pick 101 for 103 and 109? And you're guaranteed to get Walker at 103 and then you'd be able to get, let's say, Olave or Jamison Williams at 104, whoever you prefer. So and this guy, the guy that he's trading with is, is locked into three right now? Yes. He's got 102 and 103. He wants 101 and 102, yeah. So he's got the guy who ha, who's trading with has 102 and 103. Right. And he and then he he wants to trade 103 for 101 and he's going to take and he has, Hall and, and, the, and the the guy that's acquiring Garrett. that has 101 and 104. Yep. So if you're not sold on Garrett Wilson and you want Brees Hall, you know Wilson's going two or three. And if there's somebody else that you want at four that you think you're going to get, you know whether it's Walker or London or whichever receiver you like best, I don't know, I might stay. Yeah, I you, you, it just depends how much you want Brees Hall, right? It's like, if you think Brees Hall is so much better, then take Brees Hall. Right? That's what it comes down yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. That's what but I that's why if you try and squeeze him, then you'll say, all right, I don't care how good Brees Hall ends up being. I've got this awesome package in exchange for, for Brees Hall. And that's what you got to do, especially now. Try and squeeze him. This is from Conrad. Hey, Matt, Tavares, Charlie, Russell, and Drew. Those are Seahawks quarterbacks. I'm having trouble. No Rick, no Dave. Charlie, who's Charlie? Whitehurst? Clipboard Jesus, man. Oh, Charlie Whitehurst? I don't remember him on the Seahawks. <laughs> Same way I don't remember Priest. Uh, who was it? Was it Deuce Staley? Who the hell was on the Steelers that I that I didn't remember? Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley. Yeah, I didn't remember him on the Steelers. Anyway, uh, Conrad's from the third largest city in Washington, Dave. What would that be? Seattle's one. Tacoma's probably two. Olympia? Sure. I'm I the commissioner. Charlie, Charlie Fry. Oh, okay. I'm the commissioner of our long-standing competitive home league. We're expanding from eight teams to ten teams next year. To counteract how small our league was, we had big rosters. Two quarterbacks, three running backs, and four wide receivers. One tight end, one flex. Now that they're going to ten teams... And what do they do? How would you structure the rosters? So right now it's two quarterbacks, three running backs. Drop one running back. Drop one running back. Drop one wide receiver at a flex. You'll have one fewer starter and more flexibility with your lineups. Add two flexes. But that's the same amount of roster spots. Yeah, but it's more fun. Okay. You have two different answers there. You decide what to do. But you're definitely going to drop one running back and one wide receiver. You're either going to add one flex or two flexes. 
and it will simply depend on if you like Dave or Jamie better, which is a question that I grapple with every day. So we uh, <laughs> are out of here, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with our updated running back rankings. And I won't have to speak for Heath. He'll be on the show. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Podcast oh, yeah. League's full. <laughs> See you later. Heath's not on the show tomorrow. Oh, never mind, though.